The first thing I would say if you or anyone else was to come and want to do a book like that, the very first thing would be to pause for a moment and reflect on why you wanted a book as opposed to other forms of media. And I say that because a book, I mean, we're recording this podcast talking about books, but a book is not the only answer. And I think people really need to understand that, that it could be that you don't actually need a book, that you need a podcast, or you need to do a kick butt job on YouTube, getting tons and tons of subscribers and building up your channel, or pursue some other form of media beyond a book. All right, guys, welcome again to another amazing episode. Today we have Nick Reitdahl. Uh, he is the creator of the seven hour book. Uh, so it's an improvement system that allows uh, multifamily investors, uh, yes, and anyone really who wants to create a book, um, how to get a book published with only spending seven hours of their time on it. So he has a process, uh, he has a business, his, uh, his, he has a company that, that gets this done for you and help mainly for multifamily investors. So we're going to dive right in. And Nick, if you can, go ahead and tell us a little bit about, you know, your marketing strategy with the book, how you how you started this, and how you decided to go this way for helping investors, you know, publish their book. Absolutely, I'd be happy to. And I want to start, of course, by thanking you, Oscar. Thank you, and Herman, for having me on the show. In yeah, terms of your question, sort of what the genesis of this was, and how we've been able to really get out and help a lot of people with it, it really stemmed from two distinct two distinct threads, one of them being a lifelong fascination that I've had with books, being an avid reader, first of fiction books, and then like I'm sure you and many of your listeners are, turning more towards self-development, personal development, and even business books. So having a passion for that, and then realizing as well that a book can be a powerful form of advancement for your business, or for building trust with investors, or really just for achieving other goals. And how would you do that in a confined and condensed amount of time, given how busy we all are? Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So then you, did people start approaching you? Did you approach them to say, hey, you can do this? How did that stem about? Well, I had scores of conversations with people as this thing was being developed where they kept saying that, you know, I would love to do a book. I would love to do it to, in the early days, advance my medical practice or my law practice before we really niche down on real estate investing specifically. But even in those cases, when talking with people from real estate and real estate investing, the issue that always came up, you could almost set your watch to it. It, it would come up with that, that much frequency was people would always say, I don't have time. And so we started to think, like, how can we eliminate the issue of time? And the idea then was to strip away as much as possible from their plate, take as much work out of their hands from this and condense it down to just seven hours, seven one-hour sessions. No, that's awesome. So talk to us about that process. So, you know, I mean... And I'm guessing it's not just for real estate, but that is your your niche, right? So are you looking 
if I come up to you and say, hey, hey, Nick, man, I want I want to write a book. How does that process flow and how do you make it happen in with just seven hours of my my time? Well, you mentioned coming up to me or and having that having that conversation about doing the book. The first thing I would say, if you or anyone else was to come and want to do a book like that, the very first thing would be to pause for a moment and reflect on why you wanted a book as opposed to other forms of media. And I say that because a book, I mean, we're recording this podcast talking about books, but a book is not the only answer. And I think people really need to understand that, that it could be that you don't actually need a book, that you need a podcast, or you need to do a kick butt job on YouTube, getting tons and tons of subscribers and building up your channel, or pursue some other form of media beyond a book. And the overall point then is to think carefully about of all the media channels, which one is right for you. And then if you do decide that a book is the best one, then yes, absolutely. We'd be happy to have that conversation, but know your why, as they say, ahead of time. So you can hone in on the correct form of media. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I know personally, you know, my brother and I are looking into, into writing a book. So how, how would that entail? Would that be uh, me sitting down with someone just seven hours? Or would that be me recording myself and, you know, a transcription happens and then it shoots it to you guys? How, how exactly does my time um, flow into this process? Sure. So if you made that determination, as it sounds like you have, that a book could be a viable channel, it would be, as you're saying, where you sit down with Mateem and I, and we would go through seven one-hour calls where each of the calls would correspond to one section of the book. And one section of the book, or even depending on the size of the book, we might also, toward the tail end of that, be getting into some of the marketing aspects and some of the post-publication aspects of getting it out there into as many hands as possible. That's awesome. And then what is, um, what, what is normally, I mean, to, to have a book is not, I mean, it depends on who you talk to, but it could be expensive. It could be cheap. You know, what, what is a benchmark that you tell people, Hey, you know, you shouldn't pay more than this or what, what do what advice do you give to people so that they just don't go and get like some crazy advice for a book and pay ridiculous amounts? Well, I guess one thing I can say right off the bat is that uh, those books you see that come out in the election cycles or that you know movie stars and baseball players and football players put out where they've clearly had a ghostwriter and they're mm -hmm. paying them, you know, six figures to write a book for them, we're not that. Um, we're obviously much, much less than that. But it really, really does depend on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. So is that, is it, do you think that's a viable strategy to have a ghostwriter? Or what, what makes your approach the, I guess, the competitive approach? Absolutely. Well, what we're doing is really not ghostwriting. Um, first off, from the time standpoint, that when you work with a ghostwriter, you're going to be spending substantially more than seven hours with them. 
but also from the standpoint that we're looking at this specifically from a results basis. And we are not English majors, no, no offense to English majors, or people who want to make things sound pretty and make people laugh. That's not the kind of books we're helping people to do. We're putting together books for them that are designed to be marketing systems and marketing engines to get them results and really look at the ROI from their book, as opposed to, again, making people laugh, making people smile. It's not that kind of book. Okay. Man. All right. So then you're driven by results. So what, what are those results? Are those results, uh, how many people the book is in hand or yeah. Well, an example of the results would be, um, we had, for example, a guy who put out a book. I'm fortunately can't really say who it is. He'll know if he's listening to this though. And he was, um, he's multifamily and he used the book then to build a podcast off it and to also substantially grow his investor database. So his database of people who could participate in his syndications, he used it to 2X and even 3X his database. That last I checked, hopefully he's gonna have a lot more people than even that right now. But that was his goal in building his investor database and building a media platform Got you. So when when we set up a, a conversation, we're talking about okay, how can we align this book to expand a lead flow, a investor database, uh, whatever goal we set. But then we set up the strategy for the book and how we're going to tailor the book as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. And to give you make this actionable for your audience in terms of some of the ways you could do that. Uh, one would be what's called the free plus shipping model. And that's been popularized by an e-commerce entrepreneur, a legend in space really named Frank Kern. And his whole idea that he popularized with free plus shipping, him on also Russell Brunson, who's another online marketing guy. But the idea there that you and your listeners have probably seen many, many places now is where you have a book online on a landing page and people go, they download it, and all they pay is for shipping. So they actually get a physical book shipped to them and they just pay the shipping cost, which would be something like $4.99 or $9.99, depending on the book. Hmm. And is that, is that a, I, I always wonder about that. So is that a covered cost um, through the shipping or is that um, allocated through normally a, an expense, like a write-off for the business? How do, how do normally people make that happen, right? Because, I mean, the book still costs money to make. My understanding of that, and I can't speak for everyone, of course, but my understanding is that when you put down that $9.99, that's not going in anyone's pocket. That really is going just to cover like the, the shipping or even in some cases, I would assume the production of it too. Given okay. that if you're mass printing a book, the costs go way down. So I can gotcha. see that amount actually covering it if you're printing at a high enough volume. Okay. And th yeah, th that's what I, I was thinking too. Maybe the, the production is covered there and it's cheaper because you have so much. But I, I've always been curious how, you know, are people just putting up their, or is that part of their marketing budget? You know, just always been curious. But well, that's pretty Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say related to marketing. Uh, another thing that I think your listeners might appreciate hearing about in a book context 
is the idea of using a book defensively. And what I mean with that is not like literally hitting someone over the head with it, but defensively in the sense of using it to safeguard your time and safeguard your focus so that if you are meeting people or interacting with people even online and they're wanting to take your precious time for a meeting, before you take that meeting, you could use a book or another content piece if you have that to filter them and to vet them, to make sure they're not just kicking the tires or make sure that they're not just wanting to meet you, saying that they're going to meet you at Starbucks, for example, for a meeting and then not showing up or coming in late, really using a book or a media piece to see who's serious about potentially investing with you and who isn't. That's a very good point. Any other ways they could be used that way? Any other way? Well beyond using it as a way to filter and, and of course related to filtering a way to educate people help to uh, as some of our clients have said shortcut the process of people getting to know you before they invest with you um, another one could just be as a related to another platform you have like let's say you have a podcast the book depending on the size and the scope of it could just be your lead magnet to get people who are listening to your podcast to deepen the relationship with you and to get exposed then to more of your content by joining your list. That could be another way. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. So for, for the audience, is there is there anything they could do to start the book writing process before, um, before reaching out to you and your team or how, how would that work? Yeah, there definitely is. And I would say that in the best cases, they could probably do the book themselves. And okay. I say that because we have actually had calls. We have this one guy, um, he's a real estate agent based in, I believe it was Nevada a couple of years back. And he was a particularly inspiring case because he called us. We did a call with him and found that he actually could do the book himself. And then I kid you not, I literally like about a year and a half later, got a call, not, excuse me, not got a call, got an email from him that his book had just come out. So it was just like, wow, <laughs> he took the initiative. Um, yeah. But what I would say to answer your question more directly, Oscar, is that if someone is thinking of doing it themselves, which I would totally encourage them to take some time, sit down, maybe even just an hour, lock yourself away for an hour on a Saturday or a Sunday. And just write from one to 10, number one to 10 on a piece of paper and try to hash out 10 ideas, 10 potential ideas, each of which could be the topic for a book. And for each of those ideas, try to, you could even use a mind mapping tool. I know there's a number of great mind mapping apps, but try to develop 10. And if you can't do 10, try to develop five potential ideas for a book. Like, let's say that some of the ones that, and I, we can make this actionable for your listeners now, some of the ones you might come to would be, you know, your, an easy one, your story and your journey into commercial real estate investing. Another one might be myths and misperceptions that you've seen regarding multifamily. So things that you've seen that people believe, but that are wrong about multifamily. Yeah. Uh, another might be, your rules for multifamily investing. You know, what are your core principles, your core rules for it? 
And then each of the chapters would be one of those rules. So maybe you have nine chapters, each of it, each of which is your nine guiding principles. Um, and then there's plenty of other things you could do from there in terms of concepts, but really just try to number on that sheet of paper, five or even 10 big point topics for a book and go as deep into each of those as you can. And whichever of those topics you find you're able to go the deepest into is probably going to be the overall thesis or the overall topic for your book. Okay. That's really, that is really good advice. Uh, and a mind mapping tool for those of us who actually don't know what that is. Could you, could you explain a little bit more into that? Sure. So a mind map to my understanding is essentially like when you would with paper and pen draw, maybe you may or may not have done this in school, but draw what they call a web mm -hmm. where you draw, like you, you write a word or a topic in the center of a piece of paper, you draw a circle around it, and then you try to draw lines stemming out from it. And it almost looks like, it almost looks like a tree. Like, have you ever seen those pictures of like family trees, genealogy, where it shows like the one person and then who they're connected to and then who that person's connected to? It's kind of like yeah. that, except where you have what each idea is connected to. So you might start oh, yeah. with the idea of nine guiding principles for real estate investing. And then one of the branches coming off from that would be, let's just say, always walk the property before you purchase it. And then connected to that idea would be, you need to have a good, a good, uh, good boots on the ground. And then connected to that might be, how do you find good boots on the ground? So you have all of these branches leading out from each of the ideas. Yeah. Actually, I just looked one up and actually I've been using one uh, website, diagrams.net. Uh, but I've been using it more for process flows than for mind mapping, which is very similar. But <laughs> uh, now that you mentioned it, I could use it a different way, maybe. I think mind mapping is also can probably be thought of as a more structured and more framework oriented brainstorming because yeah. do you know how usually when you brainstorm you kind of just write bullet points and you write whatever comes to mind with a mind map you're actually trying to put that into a formalized structure so that you can easily follow one idea into the next one yeah no i, I like it and and that's how a book is created so it makes sense that you can actually do that right so no, that's really good stuff, man. I appreciate that. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more. Uh, what what can what can the audience? Is there something the audience can can know as far as real estate investing in, in multifamily that that you can provide other than the book, or is there something they should do to to improve their uh, their you know their success in a book launch? So in terms of, well, in terms of real estate investing, multifamily specifically, I'm not right now at least a multifamily investor, but what I could tell your audience that follows in the wake of a number of other pretty famous people in terms of the investing and even real estate more specifically is to improve and to continually sharpen your ability and your understanding of how decisions are made. And what I mean for that is 
to investigate, there's a very popular idea going around right now, the idea of mental models and understanding cognitive biases. And that's all jargon basically for understanding and having a better awareness of how you make decisions so that you can make better decisions. Yeah. And there's, if you want, I mean, there's a number of excellent books out there. Anything by Nassim Taleb. Uh, he's written some fantastic books, Fooled by Randomness, uh, the book many of us have heard of, The Black Swan. So reading books like that, reading things by Charlie Munger, who's, uh, if your listeners aren't familiar, is Warren Buffett's right-hand man. And Dan Early, Predictably Irrational, loads and loads of books in that direction, but just reading them, understanding mental models, so that ultimately you can understand how you yourself as a multifamily investor are making decisions and in the future be able to make better decisions. No, that's awesome, man. That's great stuff, yeah. Self-awareness and how you do things, you always got to be constantly involving, so that, that's very great input there, man. As for the other part of that, you were asking a little bit, if I heard right, about book launches. Yeah, how can they launch? How can you prepare for a successful book launch? One of the best ways to do that is to, as you're preparing the launch, if you don't have one, start building up your listener base or your audience base in advance. So oftentimes we've had the good fortune of working with podcasters. And if someone we're working with has a podcast, that makes it easy. They already have that audience. But if you don't, then I would say start reaching out to people who you think would be willing to support the book, be willing to help you promote it, or at the very least, and this is particularly important, at the very least, people who'd be able to write honest, genuine reviews of your book when it comes out. Because I can tell you, Oscar, Amazon reviews are gold. Genuine certified Amazon reviews are gold in terms of helping a book get its traction in the first couple of days. So the more people you can have on hand ready to, ready to essentially pounce when the book comes out and give you those verified genuine reviews, the better. And it's really going to help your book gain on that attraction. Another related to marketing and getting those reviews early on, if you don't have necessarily as many of those raving fans, if you will, to give you the reviews early on, you could also consider doing a book giveaway where the book is for free on Amazon for a limited period, thereby encouraging as many people as possible to get it because they're not going to have to pay for it. So that might be another way to do it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, that's all great info, man. So yeah, I mean, a book is the way to go. You know, <laughs> I'm, I we got to link up, man, after this. Uh, I know my brother is dying to do a book, so we got to gotta make it happen. But yeah, I just wanted to thank you. I think uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here. And if you can, go ahead and let the audience know uh, where they can find you and where they can reach you. Be happy to, yeah. People who are interested and uh, would like to learn a little bit more can visit us online, uh, contentcore.net is our website. And that's spelled C-O-N-T-E-N-T-C-O-R-P-S.net, contentcore.net. Awesome, man. Yeah, and for you listeners out there, get 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 with Nick, and he'll uh, in seven hours, you know, they'll, they'll get you a book. 
So make it happen and leave us that five-star review. Uh, send us some feedback and reach out. Any questions you have, we're here to answer. And we're out. <laughs>